0: Comic Book Tales is an immersive comic book experience for the new or lapsed comic book fan. I take a closer look at the comics that shaped my childhood and influenced my adulthood. Comic books are an amazing entry into another world and even provide the pictures to complete the fantasy. Join me for a new Comic Book Tales adventure. Hello and welcome to another issue of Comic Book Tales. And today I'm going to talk about some things that most of the time we don't discuss, and that's... Why certain characters, certain things occur in a comic book that seem to come from nowhere, or the would have been, could have been type of things that that may have happened. Um, and there's a couple of books I've been reading on this topic that have really generated this this uh, for me. And I think you might you might feel differently after you read read these books. I think you will, and hopefully you'll still appreciate the comics but I think it's something you need to know when you're reading these comics. So the first one is Marvel Comics, The Untold Story by Sean Howe. Now it's available as an audiobook, and it's also available as a uh, Kindle book from Amazon. And the other book is was Superman, a Spy and Other Comic Book Legends Revealed by Brian Cronin. Uh, C-R-O-N-I-N. Also available from uh, Amazon. And, and these two books bring a lot to light. And you don't think about this when you're reading the comic books, uh, but it, it, how did characters get created? Why did they get killed off versus continued? And was everything planned out or was it just, immediately we got to do this? So some of the things that came up uh, in these two books, and I think there's there's many things in there, but I think it's something we need to be aware of. Product placement. Um, when Spider-Man, in the early, like the early 70s, I believe, uh, there was a Spider-Mobile in the comic book and that was because they were trying Marvel was trying to get some agreement together with a car manufacturer so they gave Spider-Man a spider mobile and two used car salesmen or flick car salesmen were in the comic book to try to sell them on this and marketing that was for product placement and we don't always think about something that simple but there's there's a business behind the comic books and everything you say well they live in this world and this is what happens because it happens And it always doesn't. So another example is um, Wonder Man. Killed off in issue number nine of the Avengers. He turns against uh, Baron Zemo and tries to aid the Avengers. And he's killed off. Now he was killed off because DC had a similar character. uh, Or they felt a similar Wonder Woman. And they didn't want a Wonder Man. So they kind of went to Marvel and said, hey, that looks like it's... You know, disparaging our brand. So Marvel killed off the character. So we get to uh, this, the late 60s, early 70s, I believe it was, in issue 151 of the Avengers, and we find out that DC has created a Power Girl character, which competes directly, according to Marvel, with their Power Man or Luke Cage character. So they they say, okay, great. We, we kept Wonder Man out. We're bringing Wonder Man back now before you can you know, say anything. And we're going to bring him back and make him a popular character because we stepped away from that thinking we were doing the right thing and you didn't seem to care and came back and tried to rub our nose in it. Things like that come about and you're going, wait a minute. So that wasn't just random. There wasn't somebody killed off simply because it was good for the story. And it may be. But it's also a business behind the scenes. Um, She-Hulk, created in 1980, because the Incredible Hulk television show at the time, there was talk of bringing out a female character, a female Hulk, and if Universal Television, who was making the show, created the character, then they would own it, and Marvel wouldn't. So it would be a She-Hulk, but they wouldn't own it. So Stan Lee went back, and it's actually the last main character Stan Lee ever was involved in creating he created she-hulk so that they could preempt the the studio from ever the Universal studios from ever doing the uh female character and and a female hulk was never actually introduced on the tv show uh later introduced in uh some some cartoons but never actually on the tv show as expected so it's just little things that change the direction of uh, comic books that you don't think about Another example is um, in the, there's a, there was a Spider-Man comic strip in newspapers, and then there was a Spider-Man comic book. And in the Spider-Man comic book, Mary Jane Watson was a bit player, and she was actually out of the comic book and had been you know, tossed aside and, and uh, onto other love interests for Peter Parker. In the comic strip, they were, she and Peter Parker were married, so it didn't match up. So when they decided they wanted to have them married in the comic book, the author of Spider- Amazing Spider-Man had to bring Mary Jane back. She'd been gone for a month, had to bring her back and shoehorn it into an engagement and a wedding in three issues, which culminated in a wedding at uh, Shea Stadium during a Mets game uh, with two actors dressed as Mary Jane and Spider-Man with Stan Lee officiating uh, because it was a big, big boost for the sales of the, of the book. Things like that come about. Spider-Man's black costume was uh, introduced by a co- from a contest of a 15-year-old uh, write-in who wanted to introduce the black com- uh, costume. It didn't work out the way they wanted to, and it never went anywhere. But a couple years later, during the Secret Wars, they decided to give Spider-Man a new costume, and they pulled it out of mothballs, and they used the costume. They paid the guy $120 to basically come up with a brand-new costume, which made them a whole lot more money. And came up with Venom because of it. Uh, Venom was supposed to be a female. Turned out to be a man. So all these things kind of work together. And my question becomes, if knowing all those things, does it diminish or does it matter your enjoyment of the comic books? Because for me, some of those things diminish it for me. Wonder Man dying because it might have been a copyright offense to DC kind of bothers me um i i wish that wasn't the case i wish it was simply he didn't serve a purpose any longer so we killed him off but you know this is comics so everybody comes back eventually but it bothers me that things were done um secret wars was done for a promotional campaign with jim shooter to launch another universe to launch the the, um the extended universe for Marvel as another gateway to new characters without the baggage of the old universe. That that to me is a bit bothersome. I don't I don't love why these things were done and the continuity. And I guess that's part of it. Continuity suffers when you try to shoehorn business in. But I recognize that the business is the reason this comic book exists. If it doesn't make money, it has to either begin to make money or it doesn't get to exist. Uh, Another example is The Incredible Hulk, well, sorry, The Hulk, ran for six issues. And there was a bet between Martin Goodman, the publisher, and Stan Lee that they could come up with another character, a totally different take. And it was Nick Fury and the Howling Commandos. It was Sergeant Fury and the Howling Commandos. So at that time, Marvel could only publish eight books a month because of the agreement, their distribution agreement, was through DC, uh, an arm of DC. So they had to cancel the Hulk to publish uh, another book. It's stuff like that. You're going, okay, did it not sell well? Well, it didn't sell well enough to not get the axe. But you have to remember, at the time, they could only have eight books. So it it, it puts in light, you're going, okay, well, why did, it, why did Marvel have so many anthologies? And by anthology, I mean, uh, you'd have a character, stories about one character or multiple characters and might have different stories in there. So there'd be an Ant-Man in Tales to Astonish, and in Tales of Suspense would have uh, Iron Man and the Hulk and Captain America. And they were all mixed in there, but they didn't have their own books. Well, because Marvel couldn't pu- publish any more books, this was the get- way to get more characters out there without having to publish more books. So you'd have an anthology. So every month, you wouldn't necessarily get a story about one or the other. You'd get different stories, different months. It kind of diminishes it for me. I hope it doesn't diminish it for you, but it does diminish it a little bit for me because I would expect it to be there was a plan there. And it it's disappointing to know that there wasn't always a plan um, so there's, there's little tidbits like that all around. And it, DC has the same type of thing. So it's not, just, it's not just Marvel specific. But how these things came about, how they were finalized. Um, Use an example, Wolverine was supposed to be a mutated Wolverine animal into a humanoid form. But they decided that didn't work out so well. The Badger was the other option other than Wolverine. Uh, Nightcrawler was supposed to be introduced by Jeff Conway at DC, but he left DC before he it was introduced and then introduced him to Marvel. And it was literally the same character. It was he looked the same, nothing was changed. Uh Storm, same thing. She was an amalgamation of many different people from DC put together uh to make Oral Monroe Storm. Uh the X-Men, I think I talked about this in the X-Men situation, where Nightcrawler and Or's Colossus was supposed to be the lead uh for that book and when John Byrne came from came into the book uh, after uh the relaunch he was Canadian and Wolverine was Canadian so it became his type of character so he made Wolverine the star and that's why we have Wolverine as a star today uh we would not have had that Wolverine might have been a bit part and Wolverine was supposed to be a teenager his mask on the whole time. When he first revealed his mask, with his mask off, he was drawn as an older man, which up to that point, that nobody had considered him an older man. They had considered him a teenager or young adult, like everybody else. So it's it's just funny how those things. I can't imagine Wolverine as a young child or as a teenager. Yet that's how the creators looked at him. That's how everybody looked at him until one artist decided to do it differently because that's what he thought it should be. So. If you're not familiar, the Marvel way, and I think this is important to understand, Stan Lee was writing most of the books in the early, early mid to late 60s because he that's what he was doing and he was spread thin. So he wouldn't actually do all of the dialogue for a story. He would go to the artist and give them a basic synopsis of what he wanted to accomplish and allow the artist to... Flesh out the story and then Stan would go back and put in the words based on the storyline that they had talked about, but also the action with it. So Jack Kirby would give him margin notes as to how he thought certain feelings would be emoted from the direction of the drawing. So Stan would put the put the dialogue in to make the story. Not typically how it's done today, but that was the Marvel method. Because Stan just didn't have time to pencil everything in and give them specifics up until he had something to work with. So it was give and take, but that became the Marvel method. And unfortunately, the artists were doing more story than maybe an artist would at DC, and they became feeling like they were owning the work more than they were given credit for. Stan was given a lot more credit than he probably deserved. But still, rightly so, he he was co-creator of a lot of this stuff, and he was also uh, putting the dialogue in. So it was up to him to flesh out the story outside the artwork. But the artwork is what grabs people's attention most of the time, and this was one of those times uh, when that happened. So the whole thing is, and I've talked a long time about this, there's a lot behind the scenes that we don't always recognize until many, many years later that may have influenced your favorite character, your favorite series, your favorite team that we don't recognize uh, but it's still pretty cool. You know, it's still cool to find out that um, this stuff happened and why it happened. So just let me know, hit me up with with your comments and let me know do you think it it enhances or or makes things worse simply knowing why a character was created or how it was created uh instead of a long thought out plan that it just kind of spur of the moment or we had it was reactionary uh read those two books i think you'll you'll enjoy both books to give you a really if you're interested in marvel comics the first one the marvel universe one will definitely make you feel like okay now i know what was going on i can trace the lineage of everything the other one's split between DC and Marvel and some independent stuff, but it's still interesting because there's a lot of information there that wasn't in the first book. So it's kind of cool to find those things out and you will find out many, many things. Last tidbit for you, cause I, I love trivia. Uh, Steve Ditko, who was a co-creator of Spider-Man with Stan Lee, couldn't stand Stan Lee. So towards the end of his run, he wasn't speaking. He had negotiated that he didn't have to speak to Stan Lee, uh, to do the artwork he would pretty much do what he wanted and it would be passed off to stan to to finish and they didn't speak for over a year before he left that stuff you're like you would not have known that stanley's talking about the mighty marvel bullpen uh and and it just didn't exist there was no camaraderie it was all made up by stan and uh that's fascinating to me uh but also sad so uh yeah you kind of wish it was different but you know, the real world is the real world. So we accept that. I hope you've enjoyed some of these behind-the-scenes things because I think it's important to know where things come from. But, you know, we'll get back into some other topics next time. Check us out on iTunes. Give us a rating. Uh, check us out on hannatreeproductions.com. For other podcasts on the network, that's h-a-n-n-a-h, treeproductions.com. And check us out on Twitter at HannahTreeProd h-a-n-n-a-h, tree prod. Thank you. And I'll talk to you next time.